Welcome to the Adaptive Collaborative Podcast, connecting the adaptive communities. Hosted by James Norris, founder of Handy Capable Fitness, and Melissa DeCellis, founder of Adaptively Abled Amputees and Adaptively Abled Fitness. Thank you, all of you, for tuning in tonight for the very first episode of the Adaptive Collaborative. Both myself, Melissa DeCellis of Adaptively Abled Amputees and Adaptively Abled Fitness has teamed up with my esteemed co-host, James Norris of Handy Capable Fitness. And this podcast is an attempt to collaborate and to connect with other leaders in the adaptive community. And tonight I am so excited to be able to bring on our special guest, Tim Morris, he is the head trainer of Adaptively Abled Fitness. He is an accomplished, very accomplished adaptive athlete and a fitness professional. And Tim, I'm going to let you take the floor and give us a basic intro. Awesome. Well, you, can't, you just did that. But um, yeah, first of all, I love the name of the podcast. However you guys came up with that, it, it's awesome. And uh, excited, super excited to be the first one um you know that you guys asked to have on so thank you uh yeah um let's see uh prior to my injury is that teacher personal trainer you know run of the mill diamond dozen phys- uh personal trainer um uh but three weeks after finishing my master's uh flipped my grand cherokee uh broke my neck, broke my back, you know, but all my ribs, everything, everything actually, ex- except for my, my legs actually, but, um, and paralyzed from the chest down, T3 spinal cord injury. Um, I woke up uh, a month later from medically induced coma, and my world is obviously flipped upside down. My life is health and fitness, and two-thirds of my body doesn't work right anymore or you know work like it used to um and you know professionally i didn't know where i stood in the world so um after some soul searching and like um just trying to figure figure out my way and get used to this this different life this new life um you know i'm like okay you know i can't just be a personal trainer anymore i'll just be constant i'll just be looked over so I was like, okay, what is, you know, where am I going with this? What's the most respected um, avenue I can take? Uh, I wasn't ready to become a phys ed teacher again yet. Um, so I became a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Um, there's only uh, the two or three of us in the country in, the, in chairs. Um, and it just, I'm like, you know what, this is, this is my niche working with neuro complications uh, became you know my passion but helping people still love working with kids after a few years back to teaching so um, uh, you know I work at um, I work at an inner city underserved high school and there's no place I'd rather be it's hard work but the, the reward uh, hopefully for for them and for myself is is worth it and uh yeah so uh strength coach uh working with neural complications really 
really dove into that and um, along the way, um, you know, got into obstacle racing. I was, I think I was the first guy in a chair to ever do a Tough butter and Joe DeSena caught wind of what happened and my relationship with Spartan Race took off from there. I've done, I don't know, I don't even know, 25, 30 of those. And, um, you know, marathons, triathlons. Along the way, was introduced to Mel by Dave Estrada. And uh, the rest is history. You, you, are, you are a real-life Superman, honest to God. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, have a, I have a question here. So, so how, do you, how did the, the mental toughness that, that you needed to do these events, how did that, you know, um, correlate to your career as a teacher? Yeah, man. So, actually, the, what I like to – the way I think of it is, like, I'm in the hospital – and visiting hours are over and I'm laying there in that bed broken and alone trying to figure it all out. Right. And, um, I was, I was fortunate that, you know, injuries like this happened to so many people and so many people fade to fade to black and, and fall into a deep depression. And I'm so fortunate that this, I can say that, um, I, I just, I dug deep, I found strategies, and I, I never allowed myself to truly go there. You know, of course, of course, it's, you know, been the fight of my, you know, fight of my life, but um, I, you know, I, um, the first thing I did was take ownership. For me, I was driving my Grand Cherokee, I flipped my Jeep, it was my fault. Um, I took ownership of the situation, the choices that I made that led up to it. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and I came up with what I call the three P's, uh, perspective, perspective. Number one, um, is, you know, uh, somebody somewhere always has it worse. You know, it's like you, you can, you can do this. It's so perspective, uh, um, you know, patience and perseverance so the three p's is really you know where it went from there and you know getting into obstacle racing which is kind of where that question led off from it's like all right so i started in chair and getting people with straps to like help pull as i'm pushing and and like you know like you know train and everything is crazy um you know, I look at every performance individually. Look at the challenges I face. Look at look at my impact on the people that are running with me. I want to take let more and more off of their shoulders uh, on onto myself, right? And then it just became like no, you know, not using a wheelchair at all, and it turned into wheel bearing these races where people would be holding just holding my legs, and I would. Just be going that way. So you had said a moment ago that you developed strategies. So what strategies did you develop that helped you to kind of dig deep and find that mental toughness? What advice could you give to the person that's newly injured, that's laying in that bed right now, or they're just 
home in their living room and trying to take in everything that happened. What can you say to them? What strategies can they try to implement to try to develop their own mental toughness? Yeah, um, all right, a couple things that I did, and these were really tough. Now, not everybody is able to be like, and take the ownership of, of their situation quite as, as easy as it was for me, right? You can't, um, you know, you, you just by chance happen to jump off a boat at the wrong time and, land, and dive into a sandbar. Total, you know, you know, freak accident. And it's like, and that, that's, that's so tough, right? But you're, where you are now, you can't, you, you have to, I just, I accepted where I was at, right? And, and there's no what ifs. There's no point in doing that. It, you know, it's like jealousy. It's a useless emotion. Just the what ifs are useless. The negative emotions, the negative, uh, you know, all that stuff is, it's, it's like, it's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to be hurt by it. Like it just, you're only hurting yourself by the negative thoughts, any negative, negative actions. And I just like, that was my focus. Just avoiding that completely. Watch the secret really helped develop. Like I probably watched the secret while I was in the hospital. No lie. 250 times. Just like, just watch it. Just try to develop a, a more thoughtful, positive, like be aware of my thoughts and and um, developing a, a mature mindset and it was um, being able to being able to own it and um, you know and and, and <clears throat> just just doing putting in the work to think to live with a positive mindset. And so I realized that I really put myself into, you know, it was a real uphill battle that I was facing. Everybody cares about you, but then they also have to live their life. Nobody was going to do the work to improve my situation, but me. It was all, it's all on me. And it just, it, unleash honestly it just unleashed this like this animal right it unleashed so, the beast <laughs> so that, uh, i can say for me personally it was the best thing that happened to me because it unleashed whatever potential was in there that i was wasting right so it's like i was i was living i was living life but i was just i wasn't re- i wasn't living i was just existing and and now they're you know, like you know two thirds of my body doesn't necessarily work right, but I'm 100% aware of the what I do have, and I'm you know I make the most of it. Now you're not only the only PE teacher in the country that's in a wheelchair, but you also coach track and field, and. They're one of the best teams in the country. So can you talk about a little bit about that, but also what it's like to be in a wheelchair and coach able-bodied athletes? Well, I appreciate you pumping my tires. My, 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 sprinters, are, my um, uh, sprinters are some of the best in the state. But, um, you know, 
Hey, it was my first year, so by year four, we'll, we'll get the best in the country. Um, yeah, man, but, but, you know, it's been years of being a strength coach in a chair, so it's, it's the verbal cueing, right? Like, um, if we're facing some I'm, – I'm not a woe is me guy, so I accept where I'm at and excel with whatever I can or try to excel with whatever I can. And, you know, to, to be it, you know, no other sport translates as well to strength and conditioning like track and field. So I can, I can teach kids to uh, systematically jump higher, run faster, um, be more explosive. So track, track was a great transition. And, um, you know, being a runner myself, like, you know, I, I, I get going to the pain cave and just going to that dark place and, and just like embracing the suck, as they say, right? So, um, yeah, track track was easy. Phys ed, you know, you, and people people tend to look at somebody with a physical, you know, with some form of complication, whether it's visible or invisible, you know, and they, you know, may you'll get, uh, honestly, I get people that like come along and like literally like give me the verbal pat on the head. Like I'm, you know what I'm saying? And it's Attaboy. like, you don't, you don't, you don't know me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So it's like, I, but that's, that's all. I realize that's on them. I'm empathetic to those people. And it's our, or it's my job. I feel to show them the capabilities, right? And and um, like if I walk in a room, I don't, and you know, I, I I let people know how they can. I show people how they can, you know, communicate with me or talk to me. You know, I'm I'm just not one to accept the verbal pat on the head, the little guy. <laughs> So, can you describe to us what your biggest challenge and success has been, personally as a coach, but also as a teacher? So, that one student that was really hard to get through to, what was that triumphant moment when you finally saw eye to eye and were able to get through to them? And then what has been your biggest challenge and success coaching either an able-bodied or an adaptive individual? Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's, I have so many, um, successes that I'm, people that I'm proud of. I'm sorry, my light is like going quickly. I'll turn my light on in a second. Um, but people that don't believe in themselves are, I love working with people who, who lack self-confidence and self-efficacy because if I do anything, well, it's making people believe in themselves. Right, I can't do. The, I don't do the work for them. I can, I can help coach them. I can offer them suggestions. They have to do the work, and they have to do the personal work to believe in themselves. Once you get that out of somebody, once any of us get that out of ourselves, sky's the limit. And that's the truth. Like, you know, and that's why that's why my girls 
you know, as soon as I got my, my hands on this track team, you know, it really make them, and it's easy. Like if I'm, you know, they're looking at a guy in a chair who knows his, knows his stuff and I'm trying not to swear and it's really hard. Um, so, um, um, looking at this guy who know you know knows his stuff and he's like and he's showing you he's telling you to do something but he's explaining why you want to do it to and then you see the improvements you feel the improvements that's how you build the trust yeah to piggyback kind of off that question or to play off that question you were the head programmer for the adaptively able fitness um, pilot program what what was your best experience and what would you tell any future athletes of the program um well some of the best experiences are sitting on this podcast right now and um it's the 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 interactions right it's like seeing just seeing people feel better about themselves you know, uh, just being in a group of like-minded individuals, um, and and you know, growing together. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. So honestly, it's just the relationships and every everything we do, no matter what we do in life, whether you're sales, you're a coach, you're teacher, you're, you know, a, a, a plumber, landscaper, whatever we're doing, everything is relationships. And, it, you know, developing relationships, caring about other people. Um, you know, the, the inner city high school that I, that I teach at, it's such a diverse population. I had a couple options. One was very, you know, homogenous, small town. Then I had this high school. And it was like, it, it was a no brainer because it's a diverse population. You know, it's much harder, but you know, the reward is much greater. To, oh. 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 I'll let James go. <laughs> oh, to piggyback off that question, being that you were the head programmer, what would you say to other fitness professionals that have never worked with an adaptive athlete as to why they should get involved in the next uh, part of the program. Yeah, man, I, I love that. Let's get sign people up. Sign people up who want to learn, right? So it's just like you got to be, you got to be, you know, humble, not think that you know everything because even if you take five spinal cord injuries and even they're all, say they're, they're all T3 spinal cord injuries, they all present very, you know, every injury is is different right so or, you know and any you know and as as people know it, every amputee is facing their own challenges right anybody with cp james we we know that you are like you're a maniac you're <laughs> you're, you're a bad man right and you you will do things no questions asked just because you know that's that's what you do and but uh, you know other people may be a, a little more timid so you know coming in coming into coach um you coaches that will be successful are willing to learn understand that they don't know everything 
And the more you realize, and the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know, right? And and just just being humble, being being open, communicating, saying that you don't, you know, like asking questions. Um, but we've had some great coaches in here because it's they can communicate. We have some great communicators and always looking for more. So Tim, you founded your own organization, Move to Improve SCI. Yeah. Would you mind explaining a little bit about the mission of Move to Improve and where you see the future of the organization going? Yeah, well, I, I see great things for it in the future. Or, you know, um, I, I just feel like there's, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I see a lot. I see a lot of people with SEI once they get out of rehab. They they have some opportunities. They they have some some choices to make. Where you know they're doing a regular fitness program, but you know they're doing very minimal stuff. They're you know just um, um, doing a variety of uh, activities that can only tap into their potential. Um, Move to Improve is strength training um, for uh, SCI now that, you know, caters to your specific injury level because every level has a general presentation, right? Every level presents like a certain um, or should present, you know, I particular, you know, um, um, you know, level of function and, um, you know, but they not all do, you know, not all of them do. It kind of varies a little bit. Um, so, but my, my programming will get you, will tailor it to your specific level, your, and, and then, you know, we'll offer, um, a variety of activities to cater specifically to you, um, and as an individual and, um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to make you get up out of your chair and go, I, I'm looking to create the, in the best version of you. And, um, you know, uh, through a community of like-minded people with my programming, you know, my coaching, um, you know, nutritional events, whatever. If you're looking for body composition change, you're looking for particular strength gains. Um, you know, and we can take functional gains as far as you know. Those will come if um, if if um, you know if they come. But you know, I'm not. I'm not. So really looking to to uh, create an online platform and uh you know make it accessible to everybody make it and uh yeah so that's about it that that leads perfectly into this next question what is one thing that or two things that you know now that you wish you knew when you first got injured all right man so i spent the first five years after my injury like singularly focused on 
trying to walk again. I wasn't, sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, so I spent the first five years after my injury singularly focused on trying to um, trying to get up out of the chair, right? And I w if, if I could do it all over again, I would have diversified my portfolio. I certainly tried, would have tried to work on creating more function, but I would have I would have began living life sooner. It's kind of like I put my life on on hold, on pause for a number of years. And, you know, and I really wish I didn't do that, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, that's probably, honestly, that's, that's the biggest one, you know. Um, you know, outside of that, uh, you know, I'd get into, I could get into, you know, the facts of, like, nutrition, um, how important nutrition is, not just for the able-bodied individual, but somebody facing some type of, uh, you know, physical complication. You know, um, nutrition is so incredibly important, um, reducing inflammation and um, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, really it's, it's just like starting to live life uh, – you know, a little bit sooner and, and kind of chase, still chase after, uh, you know, what makes you happy. Embracing the new normal. Yeah, exactly. Love it. So earlier you were talking about how you were quick to take ownership of what happened. I myself kind of relate that same ideal to allowing myself to have grace for previous mistakes to be able to move on. So a model and ideal that is very near and dear to me, you had talked about your three Ps, and James and I have spoke extensively about our three Gs, which are grace, gratitude, and grit. Love it. So how can you see those three ideals playing into your own life and into your own journey? Um, I'm sorry, the grace, gratitude, and grit? And grit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, all right. So obviously grace, right? Uh, now, is it, now is a phenomenal time to talk about grace, living with grace. Not outside of our own thinking outside of us because it's not all about us. But it's like now social media is accessible. It's disgusting, right? And it's, and it's, it's so divisive. Everything around us is so divisive. And it's just like, listen, if, if you can just um, take the high road, living life with grace, not living with that, like, that sense of ang anger in, in your belly, right? Um, yeah, gratitude, of course. Um, if, if you can, uh, it's actually, it was, you know, early on, I'd, I would, I would wake up in the morning and no matter how many challenges or how many woes me moments you were trying to have, if you wake up in the morning and you say three things to yourself, you say thank you for three things, um, that, that you have, right? We all have so much more than 
we realize if if we strip it all down with everything with the corona with everything that's going on when when you break it down to bare minimum you know we're fortunate to have a roof over our heads you know a a, a loved one you know some you know just uh food on the table you know you can you can strip it down to as far as you want to go just things to be thankful of and if you can wake up in the morning to say you know be grateful for you know a few things every morning you're going to start the day you know on on the right side of the bed or whatever you know uh grace gratitude and grit well uh you know uh we all we have physical uh, we have physical complications that we deal with individually and so we all know our daily struggles and then we have to deal with the outside perspective of what we're going through and we have to hold ourselves to a you know or i don't know um we still have to go out there and and i don't think anybody in this room is presents as a as a woe is me type of person right you whether it's there for real or not hopefully it's there for real you have a smile on your face and you you know you're just you just do the best you can with what you got all the time it's exhausting but it's a character builder and that's what it's all about this podcast is a collaboration between Handicable Fitness and Adaptively Abled Fitness. Why do you think it's so important for our community, and what do you think it will do? Yeah, I love the idea that, you know, I love what you guys are doing. And you're gonna, hopefully you get a diverse crowd in here. Like, looking at this room right now, there's some incredible people in this room. And it's going to bring a... It's going to bring, you know, a host of a, a ton of other people, you know, where we can all do our part, touch each other's lives, and really, you know, bring out the best in each other. And I think that's what you guys are, you know, setting out to do and what I think you can do. Yeah, it's all about collaborating. Um, there's too much competition out there and it's time, especially after everything that's going on in the world to kind of come together and work together and work as one team because we all have common goals. Um, so when you're not in the gym, which is where I mostly see you, what does Mr. Morris like to do for fun? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you know, the gym is fun. Right, so um, yeah, you know, school ended today, and I went out and for an eleven-mile run. And school ends for good tomorrow, so I'll probably go out, and you know, I'll probably get fifteen and um, go for a run. Um, yeah, man. So I, I just like, um, I. It's what I like to do. I just like to, you know, see, listen, and you know, life, life is short. Um, I like to, I like to see what I can do, how far I can push it, and you know what I'm, I'm capable of, and uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't do too much else besides, <laughs> besides 
Well, it's like working a couple couple full-time jobs. I like to run. I like to, you know, um, uh, I don't know, social togetherness, you know, whatever. So what do you do to unwind? You are always on point and you are always so focused and you give 120% of yourself into absolutely everything you do. When you finally get that quiet moment to kind of unwind, what do you do to relax and allow yourself that grace to be able to unwind? After yeah, a productive I don't know. Day? Once in a while, I, I like Moscow mules, you know, so I'll probably have one of those. Um, yeah, and just, uh, I don't know, just, just, just chill out, you know, and yeah, um, I, you know, but I do, so I'm like, um, I, I, I listen downtime. I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, I'm like just continuously like just trying to grow as a human, as a person, you know, that, um, there's a whole lot of craziness going on in the world right now. And if you can bring, you know, some positivity to it, you're, you're doing your part, you know? Here you go, Tim. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a really challenging question at you. So, if you had a crystal ball and you could make your ultimate dream come true, what would that dream be? Uh, Iron Man Kona. I don't care about winning it. I'm just working to get there. I knew that one. That one came out quick. That that was a quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, what is your favorite book? And why? Uh, the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Uh, I have it tattooed down my right arm. And yeah, it's it just um, it's a book I read after the injury. It's about finding um, finding your purpose, right, and chasing becoming who you're meant to be. Um, um, there's a word that is continuously repeated throughout the book. Macked up. It's Arabic. It means um, it is written, you know, it's like, um, for me personally, I feel like this was, um, this happened. So I could, I was, I was a big ball of potential and this, you know, opened up, um, open, opened me up to what I was fully capable of. Um, that's why I say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. As hard as it's been, it's been, it's been hell. But um, you know, it's all it's all about perspective. And I know I'm. A lot of people look around this room. There's some amazing people in here. And like I know we all have those moments. Listen to people complain about like the dumbest stuff. And you're know, like, gosh, you know, if you, it's all about perspective. And for me, the alchemist, you know, really, um, it showed me that you can do, be, have anything you want to do if you're able to wrap your head around it and give everything to it to go get it, you know? Um, yeah, so the alchemist, Paul Aquila. So there's some people in here that are, that are new and let's say they're new to 
this adaptive lifestyle. You said earlier that you're pretty social, that you like to get out, socialize with people. What would you, what would some advice that you would give? You know, especially I'm going to get in the nitty gritty here just a little bit, like in the dating world. Yeah, man. Um, listen, other people will have their perception of you. Don't give them a reason to think any less of you. For me, I mentioned it earlier, I carry myself in a way that um, I don't let people talk down to me, treat me differently. You know, my goal is to, within the first 10 minutes of meeting somebody, have them not see the chair. And, and um, I'm, you know, I, I do my best to accomplish that with everybody. Um, and you know, that, that includes, that includes dating. Right. So, and you know, it's, it's just like, I don't, I don't listen. It, it's who I am. Take it or leave it. You know, it shrinks the dating pool no matter what, but anybody that you're talking to, they at least have a little bit of character in them you know, that you know that, you know, they're able to see the, the, the person and not the, the avenue to get around, you know, the vehicle to get around, you know? So, so, um, put yourself out there, try, it, it takes practice. You got to go through reps, right? Shoot or shoot. So you need to like get out there and make, make mistakes, you know, but, but like be true to yourself. You know, you, you gotta be real. You can't front and, um, it'll, it'll work out when it's supposed to. Love it. So it, it takes a lot of confidence to try to get yourself uh, mustered up to get out there and try again and to get out there and try in many different aspects of one's life. You said that the favorite athletes that you work with are those that are struggling with self-confidence. How do you help those athletes discover the confidence in that bad assery inside them yeah and so it's small victories right you, you crawl before you ball like you just once they accomplish, <laughs> once they accomplish one you know one small victory they they know you know they start to build a, you know build brick by brick you know the, that you know the the beast within right and and once they can, um, once, you know, one small victory, it's steamroll, you know, it snowballs. So it's just like they start to build and then you just, they just keep going and they keep going. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. So we have just a few minutes left or actually about 15, but I've been seeing the chat go crazy. I think there's, I think there's some people that, um, have a few questions. So, Melissa, if you could pull up the chat and see if there's uh, people. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see. Um, we would love to have you guys ask Tim some questions, but we ask that you do it one at a time. So, does anybody have a question right off the bat? If you could just raise your hand and unmute yourself if you're not already unmuted. I talk a lot. There's not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Judy. 
Hello. Hey, bud. I don't have a question. The only thing that I would like to say is, oh, Tim, you're my hero. I can't believe what you've accomplished in the amount of time that I've known you. And I just can't wait to see what's in store for you next. You're just killing it. Well, Judy, uh, I, before I, I personally knew you, I knew all about you and how amazing you were. So uh, I, thank you, but you're pretty freaking spectacular yourself. <laughs> hey, I just want to share something. I just played nine holes out at uh, Wayland Country Club, and I shot 47 on the back nine. Woo-woo! Oh. <laughs> my job, best, my awesome. best round ever there. I'm like so psyched. So while we have the mic on you, how do you think participation in adaptively abled fitness and a lot of our adaptive workouts have affected your golf game and your overall health and well-being? Well, she's yeah. drinking some wine. Are you drinking wine right now? You gotta celebrate. Oh, that water. <laughs> no, I have Chardonnay, by the way. <laughs> um, absolutely, the workouts have my endurance has. I have gotten so much more out of the workouts. The strength, the agility, the stretching. It has made such a huge difference in my golf game and I can't thank you enough. Melissa, Tim, James, working out with you guys has just been a whole new experience for me. And somebody beat the boys not too long ago, didn't she? Woo-woo! <laughs> 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 was top score out of all the guys a few weeks ago. It was slow net three weeks ago. Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beth had a question for us. Yeah, sorry, my dog's being a pain in the you-know-what. Um, um, my question is, uh, first day of school when the kids meet you, especially freshmen, um, I'm just curious uh, what your 30-second speech is because they've got to be looking at you and saying, you know, what the heck, what's going on here? And um, as a freshman and a 13-year-old, I can see a lot of the kids in the population that you have going, Really? So I'm really curious as to how you um, nip that in the bud with the kids and make them understand that um, there are no boundaries. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, every class, first quite, first first five minutes. You know, I introduce myself. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just telling it was a car accident 13 years ago. I'll take three questions. You know, and you know, you know, at you know, you get typically two ridiculous, stupid questions, and then you know, one kind of thoughtful question, and then uh, you know, and, and that's it. But where, again, with them, it's like they see a guy in a chair, they have they they profiled you either, already, they've already pegged you, they've already pegged you, right? It, right. So it's like, but but then. They see me like whipping around. They see me getting equipment. You know, they see me doing, you know, everything. And it's kind of like, um, particularly inner city school that I'm at. 
you know, it's like struggle, respect, struggle. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I think I have some stronger relationships than a lot of veteran teachers there. You know, it, uh, just because I, I put the work in to connect with kids and you, you get back what you give. Absolutely. You Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I have another question. I have seen you come up with some pretty creative home workouts during COVID. What advice could you tell the person who has yet to pick up that Tide bottle or that soup can as a weight and create a creative workout at home? Right on, right on. Um, so take pride in no athlete I've ever worked with has ever been injured. Right, safety, safety first and foremost. Um, um, but if you don't know what you're doing, don't just jump into you know some crazy you know you know one-handed you know handstand push-ups. You know, it, you, and again, like you know, you start slow and you incrementally. You know, build a build a base, and as you're doing that, it's like, you, well, it's it's like it's like everything else. If you know you've never done a push up before, your goal is to do a push push up or do a do a pull up. You know, you, you are gonna put in work. Um, you know, the accessory work that you have to do to ultimately lead up to that pull up. It's more than just grabbing a bar and instantly pulling yourself up. Nobody can do that. But you know, but there's there's a variety of activities that you can do that you learn about, you teach yourself, you gain the knowledge how to do it safely, how to do it well, and you know, one turns into two, turns into five, turn you know, and and you start to realize that you can accomplish goals. And the like the great thing about physical activity is you develop that self-efficacy and. Um, figure out that you're able to do something and hopefully that confidence translates into other areas of your life. I love that. That's, that's why life lessons and then so many life lessons can come from either working out or, you know, and physical education for me, you know. So hey, Trandon Tim. just posted a really great question. Thanks, Trandon. Trandon asked, how do you respond to people when out in public and they ask you why you're in a chair? There may be days that you may not want to go into a detailed explanation. So yeah. somebody passing by and randomly asking you, what is your typical response? Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what your backstory is, but you know, I'm just like car accident and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, and I, you know, and it's typically they feel bad. I'm like, don't feel bad. Best thing that ever happened to me. You know, uh, it's it it's opened a lot of doors for me, and I I don't you know I don't I don't go through it, but it's like you know it's opened a lot of doors for me, and you know I I just leave it at that. But the doors have been open because relationships I've built or things you know things that I set out to accomplish. It's not like just because I'm in a chair, doors were there. You know, I had to build those doors to kick them down. You know, so that's just it's it's all about 
Listen, if you put in the work and you, I, I fully believe that you, like, I try to be the, a really great person all the time. And I, I, you know, I believe in karma and, you know, and, and if you put in the work, you do your best. People, people will feed off of that or people will see that and be like, you know, I, I, I want to be around this, this light. I want to be around this fire. It makes me feel good, you know, and, and, you know, opportunities, opportunities come up, you know, if you just, if you can, you know, it's all about perseverance, perspective, and having patience realize it's not happening tomorrow. All right, Tim. Um, you know what? I, I can't find a better way to end that, end this podcast, than with that answer right there. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on and doing this with us. This is a great first episode. Thank you to Melissa for all the work you've done with this. Thank you to you guys, each and every one of you watching. And we will see you next week. Thank you, guys. Awesome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Tim. All right. Guys. Oh, it was great. Thank you, Tim. Bye. Great Thank first you. start. Thank you. Awesome.